hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Suck Attack. The number one award-seeking comedy podcast about comedy... Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark Mark Hershaw. Hershaw. Mark Hershaw. Hershaw. Mark Hershaw. Hershaw. Yes, it's me again, Mark Hershon, your host and commemorative beer stein for Epi 130 of Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. And this is a Succotash Clips episode, which means we've got a passel of comedy podcast clips lined up just for you. Our ace associate producer, Tyson Saner, harvested some. I found a couple, and we even got some uploaded directly to us from podcasters, and in one case, a podcast fan, using the upload link at Hightail.com slash U slash Succotash. Now, if you didn't memorize that or write it down, you can find that link in the blog entry for this very show over on our home site at SuccotashShow.com. So you can just click on that link and upload us a three to five minute MP3 clip. That's also where you can find our oh-so-nifty donate button, the Amazon banner at the top of the page, and the link to our Succotashery, which is where we house all of our merch. All of that, coincidentally, happen to be ways for you to donate some money to the cause, the sucko cause, and help this podcast going strong-ish. By the way, if you think you have a cool idea for a new podcast, don't keep it to yourself. I'm also not saying you should send me anything about it, because I can't do nothing with it, but you are going to want to hang in for my chat this show with Julie Shapiro, executive producer with the Radiotopian Network. I will be talking to her shortly about their contest to get new podcast ideas off the ground and how you might be able to get your concept in front of their ears. I'll tell you whose clips we have on the show in just a moment, but you should also know that we've got our Burst O' Durst with political comedian and social commentator Will Durst. We also have a classic Henderson's Pants commercial and a dip into the tweet sack where we finally have a couple of recorded calls from our Succotash hotline. It's actually working. Plus, I've got a really cool musical piece that Tyson Saner, our associate producer, put together using bits and pieces from the Todd Glass show. He continues to amaze me with his talents, our Mr. Saner. We also have a second musical piece from our acapellanist, Abner Surd, who brings us a seasonally appropriate tune called Joe Man, the Self-Rolling Snowman. As for the actual shows that we're featuring clips from this time around, listen for Cave Crew Radio. I am Rappaport, Local Ass Bitches, Loud and Obnoxious, Obsessed, The Potato Bureau, Russell and Mudtooth, The Sketch Comedy Podcast Show, and Spontanea Nation. All right, before we hit the clippage, let's all do the Durst. Hmm? Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about the Dump Trump movement, or rather, avalanche of Dump Trump movements. Because the amount of super PACs forming to keep the New York real estate developer from becoming the GOP nominee is beginning to outnumber broken March Madness brackets. Thanks, Gonzaga. A fight is being waged for the soul of the Republican Party, which is akin to a jurisdictional dispute over the poetry wing of the Federal Reserve. There's the Never Trump movement, the Anybody But Trump group, the I'd Rather Chew Leeches people, and a group called Not Even Somebody with a T, an R, a U, an M, or a P in their name. 
ever. Rumor has it Tom Hanks is teaming up with Sally Field to create a super PAC called Forrest Trump, whose motto is, don't run, Forrest, don't run. And each frantic group has separate and diverse concerns. The elites are wary of any candidate not beholden to them. Besides, when discussing their raison d'etre of tax cuts, Trump has been all over the map. All over a lot of maps. Not necessarily English-speaking maps, but very few in Spanish. Multiple special interest groups worry he's damaging the GOP brand. Marco Rubio, speaking of Trump's refusal to denounce David Duke, said there's no room in the Republican Party for racists. Wow, obviously there's a lot of them. Who knew all the slots were full? Must be an affirmative action program. Go to Mitch McConnell's office, take a number, wait your turn. Other groups are opposed to the fact that he's a bloated oaf. Didn't really help when Mitt Romney gave a sanctimonious speech, patiently explaining why the troops should fall in line and listen to a loser like him. It was like a wolf lecturing sheep. What these desperate party leaders fail to realize is that Trump supporters are like venomous ticks. The harder you pull at them, the tighter they dig in. For Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast, I'm Will Durst. There's Will enjoying himself another election year. It's like a potion of youth to a political comic. Read more of what he's got going on over at WillDurst.com. You can also see him tweeting or read him tweeting at Will Durst on the Twit machine. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Phil Lairness and Dean Hagland over at the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour. They've been kind enough to give us a couple of shout-outs the last two weeks of shows they've had going on. And normally I would play a clip from their show, but uh, we are so jam-packed with clips already, and I was having trouble finding where they'd mentioned us in last week's show that I'm just going to give them a shout-out, and maybe we'll play something from them next week. How about that? All right. Coming up, just a few clips from now, is my chat with Julie Shapiro with the PRX Network and Radiotopia. If you have a concept for a great podcast idea, you're going to want to listen up because PRX is on the hunt. And Julie's going to tell you how you can get your idea in front of them. I caught Michael Rappaport, actor and former comedian, on WTF with Mark Marin this uh, past week. You might know him from his work. He's been in over 60 movies and TV projects, starting with Zebra Head through last year's Little Boy movie. He's had a great arc on the second to last season of TV's Justified. And he and his friend Gerald Moody kick out fresh episodes of the I Am Rappaport podcast every week. Or maybe it's twice a week, come to think of it. Rap and G, as they call each other, shoot from the hip on a variety of topics. Now, I actually met Michael years ago when I used to hang out at the Improv in L.A. because he did, too. His sister's stepfather was one of the owners, Mark Lano. Anyway, he always seems a de- seemed like a decent guy, and I like what he has to say on his podcast. A word of warning if you don't like profanity, Rap and G speak the language of the streets. Oh, and they also take a certain measure of pride in the fact that they don't fact-check nothing. So, uh, let's give it a listen. Why is Jill Scott not as big, not even in the fucking conversation of Adele? I, I, yo... I heard the song. I didn't know it was Adele. My daughter told me. And um, I'm like, you know, because it was like over the top. I saw Adele, Adele. Yo, Chaka Khan didn't get all that. And he's a, you know, Chaka Khan, great singer. She's a good singer, Adele. But Jill Scott been out for a minute. She don't get that oomph. Not even close. Right. And this person comes out with this song, which is all right. 
I don't know. And the man. last songs, like, I mean, but they, like, flip out, like, dude, this is the... Right. Like, we've <clears throat> never heard nothing like that. You kidding me, man? We can run down the names of singers, white, black, that don't get that shine. It's because she's a, a heavy set white girl. Because Jill Scott, I seen her perform. Yo, I was on the side of the stage. You could feel, you could see the power coming out of her. Like, it was incredible. That is a soul singer. Jill Scott Fantasia. Badu, Erica Badu. Those three right there. Should have that same, that same amount of push, right? Well, well, why don't they go to Jill Scott to do the 007 soundtrack? Word. And that little fucking Sam Smith. He, 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 he's singing these songs for the Oscars. And he... Meanwhile, uh, I mean... Uh, yeah, the real... The, the, meanwhile, fucking Al Green is fucking drinking coffee at a diner in fucking Memphis. Right. Why not call the real soul? Why not call Al Green to do your Oscar song next year while Al Green is alive? Right. Right. The real soul singers. There's some left. Yeah, man. Yo. Homegirl, uh, homegirl, Sharon Jones. Word. And the Dap Kings. And they have that nice sound. And I don't know why they don't call them to do the Oscar, but you got to have these little fucking... Sam Smith, I don't like that fucking Sam Smith. He went up there on me with his big agenda with the Oscars. Like, I'm going to be the first openly gay person to ever win it, and I'm going to tell everybody about it, and then I'm going to tweet it. Yo, man, get your award and get off the stage, B. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. We don't give a fuck about none of that. We came here to see the show. We don't care about your soapbox, B. So what, you're gay. We don't care. Whoop-de-doo. We don't care. It's that not, was, it's it not was, an issue for us I anymore. don't give a fuck. <laughs> we don't give a fuck. We don't give a fuck, man. I give a fuck that you had an agenda to pump. Right. For That's your, what we care for about. For yourself. Right. Not for the LGBT community. It was for yourself. Right. Sam Smith. Al Green. Dennis Edwards. Where, where, where is Dennis Edwards. Somewhere in Birmingham. Hey, you can't call Dennis Edwards. Lionel Richie is is here. Get him to do some shit. Word. Commodores. Not that shit now. Commodore. No disrespect to Dell. She's talented, but she ain't more talented than some of the other ladies we right. just brought up. And it's not Adele. She's a nice woman. She's not. It's the. The way she's covered. It's the people who cover, right? The right, coverage. Right. It's you we're going at. Good point. Good point. Not Adele. Right. You sh- she, should, she should be doing her thing. Right. It's the coverage and how. But could Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings get some motherfucking shit? Right. Could they get a, a, a share of that? A share of a it. A share of that. There was an Adele concert in, in, in L.A. You would think that Jesus Christ himself was performing. I, I, I never heard so much fanfare and people going out of their mind to see her perform. Right. And them same people, if if Jill's, I, yo, I seen Jill Scott perform. Yo. She's on some shit. Of course, man. Of course. You can grab more of the episode that clip is from or any of the other shows from Rap and G over at their home site, imrapaport.com. Uh, you can also find a, a clickable link on our blog entry for this show to that show if you'd like.
They're also a part of the Play.it network, the Play It network. They can also be found, of course, on iTunes and all those other podcasty kinds of places. Tyson Sander grabbed us a clip from Happy 49 of Spontania Nation, the latest podcast from the brain of one of the hardest working men in podcasting, Paul F. Tompkins. It's a completely improvised show with a rotating cast of guest friends and performers. On the episode this clip is from, Paul's guests are Cameron Esposito, Shuli Cohen, Brandon Johnson, and Chris Tallman. Citizens of Universal Studios. Everyone settled down like that was years ago. Don't close the beaches! We're not going to... Okay, look. That was a movie, and the actual shark incident was years ago here. It's fine now. Those kids are drawing on that billboard! She picked us off one by one! That's... Okay, everyone, can we please move past the shark thing? And let's concentrate on what's happening now. You're fat! Fat... I know you. I know that even though I'm very slender, you're saying that because you don't know how to process me because I'm so very Italian. Uh, I want to hurt you before you hurt me. Yeah. Well, that's sad. That's that's Everybody be quiet. Let this man speak. Thank you, Grizzles. I'm Grizzles. (laughs) Everyone, yes, listen to Grizzles. Now then, there's been, as you know, a knockoff Wreck-It Ralph running around. Abducting children and selling them to park employees. My children! My children were taken! Why when they could have crispy donuts? Now, oh, Grizzles, please. They'll be. They'll have, you'll have time to pedal refreshments. Attaboy, Grizzles! <laughs> Fatty, character play. Fatty Arbuckle's still here after all this time. Now, look. Normally, we would turn such a guy over to people's justice, which means all the people in the park. Have the ability to either stone him or tear him apart limb from limb. That's how we do it in Wisconsin. Yeah, let's get him. I bought a family pack. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Transform and roll out. Okay. Who are you again? Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime, right. Leader of the Autobots. Okay. But it has come to light that Wreck-It Ralph is a Disney property. So I'm at a loss here. What what we can do? What we're legally allowed to do? Now, obviously, if it was universal property, property we could let paying customers tear this guy apart. I think our only option is to turn him over to the mouse. Oh, yeah. It's been a long time. It has been. The mouse has not set foot on Universal Studios property in, well, since the last counterfeit. Yeah, it's been... Quite a long time since the last counterfeit. What do you guys want? I gotta get back to my office! Uh, please, there, there's a, a fellow running around the park. <gasps> you watch how you talk to him. He's calling himself. We will. We will. Please, lower your guns. We come in peace. Yes, we just want a little help park to park. There's a guy running around Universal calling himself J.D., <laughs> the junior terrestrial. <laughs> he looks like just a potato sack with eyes drawn on. What do you want me to do? Well, we want you to take him by the long glowing finger and get him out of our world. All right, let me get this cocaine off this hooker and we'll be right over. Oh, what he means to say is we have to discuss it with the lawyers. Yeah. Also, I regret uh, <laughs> that I didn't use a Disney property because <laughs> that would have made more sense. I don't really know what we're doing. A universal here. property. Hold, hold on one second. I'm, I'm feeling very faint. 
No, wait a minute. That's not how the story went. That was handled so poorly. That wasn't how the story went no, at all. No, it was just... Let, let me tell it. Let clarify. me tell it. It's a very pretty hooker. Thanks. What brings you to my office today? Listen, we got a problem that only you guys can handle. A body? They, Dead body or a live boy? Uh, more of a live boy situation. Oh, Senator. There's a guy running around Universal Studios. He's calling himself Aunt Rima. He's, it's one of your most embarrassing properties. And he's... Loved it! From Song of the South, You're really? damn right! Thought he sung beautifully! Well, he's... What a great Negro voice! This guy, he's he's uh, he's going around, he's, he's spouting right. off fables, and then he's slitting everybody's throat. What? Yes! That's not cool! No, we don't think it's cool either. But there's nothing we can do. It's not a universal property. Oh, I see what you're saying. What do you think, boss? Goofy? Yup. I want you to call the elephant. Oh. Dumbo! No, oh, oh, French. Right. Right. I know. You know, the guy that cleans up everything for us, the fixer. I know. Well, it's obvious. If I said the puppet, you'd know I was talking about... The cricket! <laughs> and uh, Pinocchio! Pinocchio. Hey, hey, Goofy, where are you from? Hmm? Where are you from? Oh, originally? Yes, yeah, detecting a bit of an accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Dakotas. Okay. He can't talk about it. That's how it happened. Spontaneation is a lot of fun. I got to see an episode go down live at last year's Los Angeles Podcast Festival, which reminds me the fifth annual version of the LA Podfest is happening the last weekend of September this year, and you can get your early bird tickets right now. That's what I did. Succotash will be represented there all three days of the festival. In fact, I'm trying to get them to let me host a panel or two or be on a panel or, or something other than just sitting in the damn podcast lab the whole time, but... We'll see. I'm not as famous as a lot of other podcasters. Uh, we'll see what happens. Anyway, you can check it out at LAPodFest.com. Get your tickets. Like I said, if you get in there now, you can get the early bird special. And the weekend ticket's about 20 bucks or 25 bucks cheaper than if you wait around. So uh, get in early. Earlier this week, as I mentioned, I had a chat on Skype with Julie Shapiro, the executive producer over at the Radiotopia Network that's part of uh, PRX. They've got a baker's dozen of shows occupying podcast land, including 99% Invisible, The Memory Palace, Song Exploder, and Mortified. But they are looking for more, and they want a show that no one is doing yet. So, if you have an idea for a show, or are doing a show that's been bumping around, cloaked in obscurity, not unlike Succotash, <laughs> Radiotopia is sponsoring PodQuest, a contest to find that show. Julie and I get into some of the details during our talk. Uh, I am speaking with uh, Julie Shapiro. And Julie, what's your, uh, what's your title? Uh, I am the executive producer of the Radiotopia Podcast Network. And how is the Radiotopia Podcast Network doing these days? Wow, well, we are bonkers with like so much happening. It's a really exciting time for us. Uh, there's 13 shows in the network, so there's always something going on between those shows. And we just announced this big contest. We're getting great response to that. And, you know, I'm kind of, I'm actually new to my position. I just came on board at the end of last year. And so I'm learning, I'm very familiar with the shows and this environment, but I'm really learning about, you know, how uh, listeners respond to the network and how much loyalty and love they have for the shows and the producers that we're supporting. So I feel like we're um, 
things are going great around Radiotopia. That's terrific. Well, uh, I have a lot of uh, podcaster listeners to Succotash because uh, we feature clips from other people's comedy podcasts. So mm-hmm. uh, people tend to tune in to A, hear themselves, also hear what other people are doing. Uh, I've got a number of listeners who, after listening to various styles of podcasts on Succotash came up with what they wanted to do and have in the intervening years brought out their own podcasts, of course. But why don't you talk a little bit more about this contest? Because I think it's a very exciting chance for some people to uh, to bring some new ideas into the fold. Yeah, well, so this is a call out specifically to take a look at what's in Radiotopia and bring in another show that represents something not yet in the, in the network. So we're looking for underrepresented voices out there who have great ideas for shows. Now, the one thing that I think Radiotopia is very consistent about is we, our shows are mostly story driven. So there is a narrative rich approach to the podcast, uh, to all the podcasts in, in the network. And they're creative. They, they approach this in a very innovative way. Each show is different. Um, the hosts bring a lot to each show. There's a lot of production value. So people use sound, not just scoring, but actual sound design to help tell the stories. Um, so they're less the kind of conversational, talking, informational shows. And they're more ones that really take a story that represents a theme or a topic. And, you know, each episode is a little different, but they're tied together thematically show to show. And I would say, you know, the through lines are, again, story driven, high production value, creative approach and kind of sparkle factor, if, if you will. And then really independent, motivated producers behind these shows that are really, you know, understand what it takes to, to get a podcast off the ground and sustain it over time, which is just, it's a lot of work, as I bet you could attest to it, yourself. It is indeed. Um, and what's interesting to me, I, I, I grew up as a kid and I, I was a big fan of old radio shows. There was a radio station in my city uh, that, you know, had an hour devoted to old radio shows. And it's interesting having sort of been around podcasting for a while now to see it beginning to evolve in a way that's developing those kinds of shows. I mean, shows that were very content rich, very story driven, very mm-hmm. sound design uh, in, in their in, in the way they're presented. So uh, I've been seeing more and more of that in the last few years, particularly with things like, you know, Welcome to Night Vale and Absolutely. Uh, Wooden Overcoats out of England, which is like a right. you know, pure on sitcom kind of thing. And then a lot of the things that are happening now um, kind of across the board in terms of bringing stories, whether it's something like Serial which is, you know, real stories or something that's completely fictionalized. Uh, are there things in particular that uh, PRX is is looking for for Radiotopia at this point? Or is it just um, kind of you guys want to just open up the open up the floodgates and see what's there? You know, it's, it, it's more the latter, I would say. We're curious. We want someone to come up with a new idea that, that we haven't heard yet. We're, we're really eager to hear from new voices, people with different backgrounds, um, you know, we we have a lot of people that came out of the public radio world, and that's why you, that attests to, or I, I think you can credit a lot of the quality of the production to that. You know, these are people that have had a lot of training and a lot of familiarity. We're also interested in people who haven't come from that world and what they might have, what kind of stories they might have to tell or what perspectives they might bring to stories that we're more familiar with but haven't heard those perspectives. So it really isn't a, like, here's a couple of themes if you have an idea about food or animals or gaming. I mean, we'd like to hear 
pitches about all of those things. Um, I'm hoping, you know, we're, we're less interested in different iterations of the shows we have, obviously, so something that sparks an idea outside of, of, of the shows already in the network. There's so much new fiction coming out, so that's a really exciting mm-hmm. opportunity. We have a great fictional show called The Truth, but it's not to say that, you know, we couldn't have two in the network if someone took a totally different approach and the serial uh, structure um, pattern is coming out more and it's proven really successful as a way to keep listeners hooked and, you know, um, over time. So, yeah, I think we're at a point now where the the listeners are listening so much. There's so many people who think, like, they've got great ideas as well. And, you know, I joke about, like, being in public on a train and, like, wondering what percentage of the people around me have an idea for a podcast. You know, probably a good <laughs> amount of them. Like, it, it's just on people's brain. They're, the people are really fired up as listeners and as makers. I think it's a great time for us to say, we don't know who the next show might be. You tell us. You know, you help us figure out uh, what's going to happen next with Radiotopia. Uh, what do you think is going to happen next with, with sort of podcasting? You know, as we came to the end of last year, I was doing a, a wrap-up column uh, over at SplitSider.com for the year in podcasting, and I'd noted that sort of the previous decade to me had been sort of the year of the, the decade of the podcast, and now it's sort of the decade to me of the podcast network. It seems like they're springing up all over the place. Um, and And as Radiotopia is doing, trying to – give more and more of a spectrum of the content that's available. It's not just everyone's doing, you know, stand-up comedians, 25 stand-up comedians that all just are talking into a microphone, you know. Um, Where do you see podcasting kind of going in the next, you know, couple of years and maybe even further out? Wow, that is a great question that I think about a lot, actually, and I think a lot about what's a network for, you know, what are are we actually doing to help – the landscape evolve a bit and I think you know what's important about all the networks are different and that's the thing where there is a sense of competition now but in a way like we're all in it together there's a variety of need and support for depending on what people come in meeting um, whether it's selling ads or helping market Um, Radiotopia is really really devoted to working with motivated independent producers who really can roll up their sleeves and, you know, learn about what it takes to keep a show going. Um, I think in general we're going to see more and more of listeners turning into podcasters and, you know, there's going to be, there's always that struggle for audience and, you know, a sense of what it takes to um, gain sponsors, get to a level where you have enough listeners where you're, you're having sponsors come on board with interest and finding a network that's interested in you. But I just feel, I mean, I hope, I guess I should say I'm not, I don't know, I don't know if I know or have a feeling what's going to happen, but I fervently hope that the sense of creative adventuring continues and people begin to really explore their own directions, not necessarily recreate the podcasts they know and love, but use those influences to come up with something that's really unique to their perspective, their voice, their experiences, um, the things that they haven't heard about yet, and like cha- uh, you know, pursue those directions creatively. Um, again, there's infinite appetite for conversations about everything in the world, right? Um, so for us, to f- our little niche, or not so little, our, our, our desire with Radiotopia is to really bring those story-centric podcasts under one umbrella. It's interesting to see the development of podcasting. Like you said, a number of listeners will become podcasters and have, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, it's very. It seems to very much be keeping pace with sort of the self-publishing world, yeah. where people yeah. have said, "I have a book in me, and now I can finally yeah. get it." Written. And <laughs> they they write yeah. it. And 
goes out there and, you know, you look at some of them and you go, well, congratulations for you getting your content out there. Um, but it really does take something to be different, to pierce through, you know, the, the sound that's out there. There's now over, I'm probably even low on this figure, but I think there's over 300,000 podcasts out there, you know, yeah. of every stripe. Um, what And do you know, sorry, like the, the, the average download for those is, you know, Oh, it's, 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 a it's few, surprisingly a, low. It's a, hand, like, it's a handful of people are, are yeah. very lucky. And a lot of those, you know, I, we do a feature on our show called The Podcast Graveyard where we'll feature <laughs> a clip from something that had six episodes and disappeared or was on for two, two years and disappeared. And it just sort of, it stays on there for a while. And depending what service they're with, it can kind of keep going. Or oftentimes it'll just vanish, you know, into the yeah. ether. Um, what do you think are some tricks of the trade that people could do to make their shows more memorable? Um, well, I, I feel like having a really strong focus that you stay, you stick to, you find something that can be explored in a lot of ways so it can sustain over time. But see, so you, so you don't get to the point where you're recreating the same episode over and over. So a really clear theme that's open-ended, that's, you know, closed enough that it's identifiable, but open-ended enough that you can really hold it up and explore it from a lot of perspectives. Um, I think finding a voice that sounds engaging and original and that isn't trying to sound like someone else because your listeners will pick up on that right away and call you out on it. Um, I think, you know, finding surprising stories, having an emotional range. So really having a show that engages listeners in lots of ways, not, you know, in this, in sort of in our world, I think the storytelling across the spectrum, some shows on every podcast, they might go from very light, humorous stories to very meaningful, impactful, you know, ones that may have even sort of trigger topics that get explored in really heartfelt and personal ways. So I think having that flexibility and versatility within a show is really important. Um, learning how to engage with the audience. I feel like podcasting is really reaching out in that DIY way to say, we're accessible, we're available, we are curious to hear what you think. There's a lot of listener response to things. And I, I feel like it's a perfect storm of kind of understanding how to use the social channels, um, you know, looking good. There's an aesthetic to some of the p successful mm. podcasts now that it's a, your visual branding shows up in all these places, a consistency, regular publication, you know, I think momentum, there's so much competition right now. If you can't keep um, your, your audience, like you, you owe it to them to be regular. So if, if they're going to bring their loyalty back to you, so there's some of it's in the mechanics and it also mm. just is like, a you have to keep the energy up and, and the creative input up so the quality stays high. Um, I think shows can evolve in some ways, and that's to, that's great. Actually, it's, it's great when they do, and you see a, a sort of over time an evolution of form or structure or direction. But I think there has to be something, a through line, that people can depend on, whether it's a relationship to the host, mm -hmm. which a lot of hosts are really looked to as kind of friends now. It's a very intimate medium where yes. people are talking into your ears. So, <laughs> you know, making the most of that. I mean, it's that's hard, though. It's really hard to come across as genuine and personable and, you know, to, to nail that each time. So it takes a little while to develop that. But, you know, I think it's kind of the Wild West right now where there's so much going on and, you know, everyone, it's like a land grab for people's time and attention. And um, some really niche podcasts are very successful in their niche. They're mm -hmm. not trying to get a broader audience. They just really want to serve, you know, people who love, you know, the, and I don't know what it would be, like a certain you know, the gray tabby cat podcast fans, you know, like that, that's going to be really popular for a long time among those. Um, so, but just to say it's, it's a really exciting time now for people who want to quit their jobs and just be professional podcasters, you know, that that's trickier because yes. there's, there's so much out there and 
the, the the world of advertising sponsorships is working itself out and there's you know there's rumors of both a boom and a bust at the same time like mm-hmm. the bubble will burst but this study says more people are listening than ever so it just feels like a very manic excited time right now yeah. for the networks for the listeners for the makers and I feel like it's it's really fun to be at the center of that now that we're starting to get some submissions in and I'm, I'm really seeing this like wow people are thinking about everything under the sun That's for, right. for what, podcast ideas what are uh, what are the some of the shows on Radiotopia uh, right now that are uh, finding sort of the, the most popularity do you think Mm, well, our flagship program is Roman Mars is 99% Invisible, and that's a show about design in the world. And, I mean, they get to really amazing, surprising, delightful, frightening. Like, they, they just run the gamut of uh, facts and realities about the world that you can learn about through listening to that show, and it's told in a really personal way. So that one, that one just hits the spot with design people, with architecture people, with, you know, um, just like life and society. I mean, it's a, it's a show about sociology. It's a show about structure and how we live in the world. Um, and yet it's very clearly about design as well. So they're, they're on top target every episode, but they can stray all over the place. Um, criminal is a really popular one, which takes sort of stories about crime in the criminal justice system, but tells the, tells the stories through people's lives and, and stories of people that have kind of been caught up in it, have transgressed or been transgressed against or are somewhere in between. And they're constantly finding really surprising stories too. Um, we have a, a show called Song Exploder, which takes its, you know, in some ways it's very formulaic, but it does it so well every time. The host Rishikesh Herway uh, interviews bands about a particular song and the story behind how a song came together in the various parts so you hear this conversation, and at the end of the podcast, you hear the whole song, and so you get to put, you know, he's deconstructed it for 10 minutes, and then you hear the whole song, and that's, that's been wildly popular, um, because he gets a range of bands, and you know, we've got a fiction podcast, we've got The Heart, which talks about very, very intimate stories, sometimes too intimate for some, and sometimes, <laughs> you know, just like, they're very brave, and they don't hold back, and it's beautifully designed, they pay a lot of attention to the sound. The Memory Palace tells history stories with a very literary bent and beautiful writing and simple scoring. So, you know, that's I, I could list all 13, and we may not have time for that. But I feel like, you know, it's an ex- the show's the through line for them, again, is like that attention to something special and that, that sort of focus on pulling out the, the magical components of a story that bring it all together in a really careful way. That sounds great. We'll we'll definitely link our listeners through through our blog entry for this episode uh, to your to Radiotopia's site, so they'll be able to check all those out. Uh, and for uh, wannabe podcasters or podcasters that want to try something different or want to bring their show to your attention, how do they get in touch with you uh, in terms of how this uh, this contest is working? Um, yes, that would be useful to offer. We have a, on our website radiotopia.fm slash podquest one word. Um, there's all of the rules for what we're looking for, FAQ, entry guidelines, evaluation criteria, and there's a link to the page where you can submit everything online. We just ask for a one- to two-minute audio clip that either introduces yourself explaining your idea or gives us a, a sample of the show that you have in mind. And the contest is open to brand-new ideas as well as very early-stage pod- podcasts because oh. I know there are a lot of people out there and that sort of very early stage who, you know, what we're trying to offer through the contest is not just a pile of money to go make a show, but um, some money and then a few months in a production season where you'd get the resources that PRX has to offer. So marketing, um, 
workshops and access to Radiotopia producers and tech advice and, you know, sort of wrapping everything it takes to make a sustainable show into kind of a training period for three finalists. At the end of the contest, we will invite a show into the network for next year. Great. When is the, uh, what's the deadline? The deadline's April 17th, and I will say there isn't, um, you know, a straight comedy show yet in Radiotopia. Um, I think there could be something that is comedy-based but story-driven as well. So I'll put that challenge out to your listeners because it's not in there yet, and we're looking for shows that we don't have yet, and so you never know. Excellent. Well, I think think they're out there. I'm going to root for the comedy people. (laughs) Come forward and and see how they can do. So, Julie, thanks so much for your time. uh, Oh, my pleasure. Look forward to – maybe we'll give you a follow-up call after the contest is all over and uh, see who won. That'd be really fun. Okay, thanks. Have a great day. You too. Thanks again to Julie Shapiro. Clearly, they are not interested in a podcast that plays clips about comedy podcasts, or she would have said something, right? Anyway, if you're looking to get them your idea for a show, go to radiotopia.fm and click on the PodQuest stripe on the right-hand side at the top of their homepage. While you're there, check out their wide selection of shows. And as she said, they don't really have any comedy shows per se, on their site. So if you're a comedy podcaster or a wannabe comedy podcaster, start thinking of that cool idea. They just might bite at it. We'll be back after this important word from our sponsor. Well, hello, friends. Bill Haywatt here. You know, as the saying goes, fame is fleeting. But it doesn't have to be. When you become well-known for wearing Henderson's spiffy new Hooray for Hollywood slacks, you'll be doing a star turn every time you hit the town in these ultra-modern, ultra-cool pants because they are custom-fitted, but not customized to your contours. Oh, my goodness, no. Hooray for Hollywood slacks! designed for both men and women have been made to duplicate the look of some of the silver screen's most famous butts and groins. Imagine having your behind mistaken from behind for Cary Grant or Charlize Theron or the daring derriere of Scarlett Johansson or Bradley Cooper. Even the spectacular package of Milton Berle, Forrest Tucker or John Hamm. It's a case of mistaken identity that you'll be happy to have. Not to mention that now as you bump and grind your way down the street, it will be like being on your very own personal walk of fame. Originally designed for Shia LaBeef, most residents of Reseda and the Beverly Hills Police Dockers Task Force, Henderson's Hooray for Hollywood pants are available wherever the beautiful people are afraid to shop. Plus in Kardashian sizes by special order only. That's Henderson's makers of fine leggings and butt huggers since 1867. And now back to Sakatash. Thank you, Bill Haywatt. Uh, that commercial for ho- uh, Hooray for Hollywood Pants. We did that live when we were at the uh, Comedy Lab down at the Improv uh, a month and a half ago. And I realized we never actually recorded it as a commercial per se for later playback. So uh, Bill was kind enough to go back into Studio P and cut that for us just this week. So get yourself a pair of Hooray for Hollywood pants if you can find them. 
When our associate producer Tyson Sainer mentioned this piece of dance music that he'd put together using samples from Todd Glass's podcast, I said we have to have it for Succotash, and he was kind enough to send it along with the clips he'd harvested for this episode. I heard it, flipped out, and asked him to send me more about how it all came about. He wrote this. It's an homage to a specific dance music called Injected with a Poison by the early Acid House music group called Praga Khan. The audio from Cursed is borrowed specifically from the Todd Glass Show, which is among my favorite podcasts, Friday Nights at 9 after Mark Marin. That's one of their inside jokes, he says. One of my major influences musically is Negative Land, although most of what they do is not necessarily made for the dance floor. Mostly what they do is recontextualize found audio. I started taking samples from the Todd Glass Show in early 2015 or late 2014, I think. His frequent sudden outbursts and encouragement of his guests to engage in the same organized audio chaos has always made me think of little mini songs to myself. Unquote. So with that in mind, take a listen to Tyson's creation entitled Cursed. <laughs> Come on, come on, come on. 
That was from the mind and tech of Tyson Saner, with a little help from Todd Glass, of course. Uh, I like when we can show off the other sides of uh, our very talented associate producer. He's got some other music he's created up on SoundCloud. If you want to take a listen, just jump up to SoundCloud.com and search for Tyson Saner. That's S-A-N-E-R. Or visit our home site, SuccotashShow.com, and click on the link to the blog entry for this episode. I'll put a special link to his SoundCloud channel up there. One of our upload savvy listeners is Corky Knievel, he of the Potato Bureau podcast. This week he shot us a scene clip from their Epi 2 featuring Court Hansen as the guy getting his dishes back, Molly Doan as Darren, the screw-up in this sketch you're about to hear. Corky plays Darren's brother with Michelle Petro as the security guard who, spoiler alert, gets killed in this sketch. Alright, let's do some improv. Okay, I took out the guard with the blow dart. We're just gonna have to climb this wall, and then, uh, I, I, then I think we should be in. We can grab the dishes, yeah, and go. Uh, Keep uh, it together, man. Uh, sorry. It's important. We came all the way to Hong Kong for this. Uh, sorry. We gotta grab the dishes. They're these cool, like collectible Star Wars dishes. They're, yeah, whatever, man. This it's a fucking job. Let's a do the job. A searchlight goes next. Oh shit! Bye. Get down. Oh, you guys leave me behind. <laughs> I was. I was playing with the blow darts. I don't know. Don't feel very good. Oh, fuck. Darren blow darted himself. You always do this. You fuck it up. I'm sorry. Leave me behind. I promised mom I wouldn't leave you behind on another job, dickhead. All right, let's go. Get on my shoulders. Start climbing over the wall. Okay. Uh, uh, Toss the grappling hook over. I'll secure it on this side. Darren, where's the grappling hook? God damn it, Darren. I was playing with the grappling hook and I got cut in a tree. And then I was going to go get in. There was like it was there was like a snake, but it was actually a branch that looked like a snake and then I just forgot. Yeah, you you could have cut out all the other fucking parts. You just forgot the grappling hook. I'm... No, I didn't forget it. I put it in a tree. Okay. Now we're up here. Okay. okay. We got oh, it. Glad I took a 5-hour energy. Shut up, Darren. Sorry. Go ahead. Darren. Go ahead. What? You're so unprofessional. Yeah. Just Where are the dishes? Well, I know that she likes to keep them in her in her china cabinet. Okay. It's just that's pretty novel. We're in China and she has a china cabinet. Do you ever think about that? We're not in China. We're in Hong Kong. Fuck you, Darren. <laughs> Darren, everyone knows that China is a protectorate of Hong Kong. Yeah. God, I wish it's... I would have let those TSA guys cavity search you and keep you behind. Oh, no. Oh yeah, I bet you want. You wish I would have. You wish that branch looked like a snake would have wrapped me up and suffocated me, huh? I don't even know what that means, Darren. <laughs> Let's just get in the China cabinet in Hong Kong, fuckhead. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. Just, You're the leader. Okay. I mean, it's just it's gonna be in there. It's just I I thought it would be easier to get these. I didn't know that she was. Gonna go on to become the prime minister of Hong Kong. Holy shit! Yeah, you can She's hear the... another guard walking up. Do we have any blow darts left? Oh. Darren, do we have any blow darts left? Like not full ones. <laughs> what does that mean, Darren? I don't know. They're making me feel really good. I was feeling frisky, so I took a I took a couple more. <laughs> All right, pull two blow darts out of Darren's thigh and. W- just yeah, two, two should be... The doorknob starts to turn. Anyone in here? Oh, no! Oh, oh. Dude. Guard falls dead on the floor. 
How could two kill him? And Darren, you've got like nine in you right now. Yeah, Darren, do you? I told you, it's like, it's the five-hour energy. Blow darts and five-hour energy is like the new four loco. (laughs) We're getting you in rehab for real this time, Darren. (laughs) Whatever. All right. You didn't tell me she's the prime minister of fucking Hong Kong or China, wherever we are. First off, that's racist. What? How? (laughs) (laughs) Nong Kong? That's not a real place. Oh, I'm sorry. I I misspoke. Okay. From across the hall, they see a very large china cabinet filled with just an array of Star Wars dishes. There they are. I feel like that's the one. Don't you think it should just be called a cabinet? (laughs) Yeah. Like Chinese food is probably just called food here. Shut up, Seth. Darren, I swear to God, I should have let Mike Wabowski whoop your ass in fifth grade, and I wouldn't have a little brother anymore. Well, I bet that's what you want. Yeah, it is what I want. Yeah, he, ju- he, just, he just said that I he wanted I just that. said that's what I wanted. Whatever. Are you... I hate you so much. Should we send Darren in? No. There might, well, there might be something like a trap. It, it better him than me or you. That's a good point. Okay. Yeah, I know Tai Chi. I want my plates back. I, I saved up and bought them when I was a kid. Yeah. And they're, they're mine. They're my plates. They're my hey, you plates. you guys. What? I got the plates. You fucking got... What? You fucking got them? I wasn't even paying attention. No, we were kind of arguing, having a thing here. Yep. What? Break them out, Darren. Let's see them. I already broke them. Why the shit would you break them, Darren? To celebrate. (laughs) And scene. What you didn't catch from that snippet is how the Potato Bureau gimmick works. That scene had been inspired by a discussion with Lincoln Bartlett, the guest on that particular episode who had just performed a song and revealed it was about a girl who left him for a guy who ended up doing time in jail in Hong Kong. See, so that was the impetus for that whole sketch. So you got to kind of hear the show in context. I urge you to do so. Uh, it's recorded live um, at the S- uh, Sacramento Comedy Spot, and you can find Potato Bureau at iTunes, Stitcher, and other web spaces like that. Also do a search on Google. It'll come up. Or, once again, go to SuccotashShow.com and click on the title Potato Bureau in our blog entry, and you'll be whisked off to their site. How about that? That's uh, a lot of fun. Love those guys. And uh, they've actually appeared in San Francisco, um, at least some of them, uh, doing live improv. i got to check them out one of these days when they get back down here. Another clip that was uploaded directly to us this episode comes from the crew over at Loud and Obnoxious. Corey H., D. Brew, Producer Dave, and Half Pint. First off, how can you not listen to a clip featuring someone named Half Pint? They're part of the Men Rule Network. This is like a math equation, isn't it? You can just guess what this clip is going to sound like before we get to it. You want more of a clue? Here's their description from their show that's up on iTunes. Quote, they are four guys who don't apologize for speaking the truth. Each week they discuss movies, news stories, beer, politics, and sports. They also have their intern, Half Pint, do things that he's very uncomfortable with, including karaoke and talking to girls. Unquote. Well, let's see how close you got figuring out what's going to sound like with this clip from their Epi 114. It's a victory day here in the great city of Franklin, Tennessee, where we broadcast every week. Mm. Half pint got a date on Tinder with an Asian chick, bro. 
Hey, so What's tell it? us about we, we have, it. We haven't actually made a date yet, but we've been texting. Oh, no. tell, tell so, where, yeah, tell us name. where you... Yeah, okay, go, yeah, go ahead. Uh, her name is Wrong, spelled R-O-N-G. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me, bro. No, this is not real. Dude, this story... He was telling me a story before you guys got here tonight, and I was like, this story keeps on like, getting better and better. Because he was like, I got a match on Tinder. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And then he goes, yeah, she's a student from Taiwan. I'm like, what? And now he's like, her name's Wrong. Half pint, only you, man. Is she Miss Wrong? <laughs> We're about to, I guess I'll find out soon enough, right? Okay, so, so, so here we go. Hey, a little music for you. Right, let's, hear, <laughs> let's hear the story, okay? All right, go ahead. <laughs> little Weezer across the sea. All right, Ooh, so, I love it. Perfect. So, her name is Wrong? Wrong. Okay, so tell us about your Tinder experiences. Uh, we've just been texting. That's it. I mean, I don't understand. Well, so, where did you, you ask her out? Where'd you ask her to go? Uh, <laughs> Do you know this yet, David? No, I don't know. Okay, where are you going? Bowling? Well, no, no, no. no. Here's the thing. I had she wishes. Extra, I had a ticket to Ring of Honor, and I'm thinking, you know, let me just ask her if she is interested. Okay, I so. I thought she would say no. So you're going on your first and last date with this girl. Yeah. <laughs> so she turned it down her, for a ro- uh, Ring of Honor wrestling date, so yeah. now they don't have a date right big now. Big shocker. But, oh, Charlie's is in the future? Sure. They got the two for nine ninety nine special going on right Sounds now. Sounds like a plan. Oh, Charlie's, huh? Oh, Charlie's. And oh, Charlie's. Back to the, you're going to take it to her hotel? How old is she? She's a college student, so she's 19, she's 22. I think she says 23. Where'd she go to school? MTSU. Okay. Okay. Is she a a TBW? What? Taiwan Beautiful Woman. What What the hell? (laughs) You did all those BBWs, man. Goodness gracious. God almighty. What do we do on this show? Good evening. Did you buy a Chinese massage in my view? Hey, uh, this is, my name's Half Pint. How are Hello? you? Doing? Hello, this is Half Pint. Half a pint? Hello? 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 Yes? Yes, um, I, hey, um, I, I, I wanted to uh, arrange a massage, please. What time? Uh, what time do you guys <laughs> close? We close at ten o'clock. Okay. Um, now, um, I, uh, I'm a little bit nervous about um, um, getting disrobed. Do you guys offer full clothing massages, or is it is it nude massages only? A back pattern. Do you have to wear your clothes when you get massaged? You want to make an appointment tomorrow? Yes. Do, do I have to wear my pants when I get massaged? Pants? Yes. You need to wear your pants. Oh, I, I, th- I thought it was one of those no pants places. Have you be, have you been massaged before? Uh, no, not not quite like this. I haven't. It would be my first time. I'm a little bit nervous. I'm sorry. Okay. You want to make a appointment tomorrow? Yeah, that would be good. Do, do I need to tip the waitress or, or the massager? I, I don't understand what you're talking about. Do I need to bring extra money for extra stuff? I don't understand. What do you mean? I, I've just heard you're supposed to tip. Sorry. I don't understand. I I thought this was a Japanese massage parlor. There you go. Finally got to go on. Corey just lost his uh, 
<laughs> we lost the job. Wow. Oh, wow. <sighs> I can't believe uh, Half Pint didn't want to talk. <laughs> Half Pint. Oh, man. Woo. I don't even know what to say about that. That's loud and obnoxious, and as previously stated, you can find them up on the Men Rule Network at menrule.net slash category slash IMW dash radio. Ooh, boy. Or you know what? Just put loud and obnoxious podcast in Google. You'll get there a lot faster. They're also on iTunes. You can find them on pa- Podcast Chart, TuneIn, and other downloady and streamy places. So we had a bit of spontaneation earlier, which was improvised. Tyson also clipped us something from a recent epi of the Sketch Comedy Podcast Show, which is about as descriptive a title as you can get in a podcast title. Also, maybe a little misleading, as the description for the show says it's lightly scripted and improvised. The hosts are Alicia Holland and Stuart Rice, and this show booms out of Portland, Oregon. The episode this is clipped from was entitled Recording Session, Car Buying Experience, and Tyson says what we're hearing is more of a discussion than a sketch. Humble brag about coffee. So I went through, I'm like, I'm still on my no chocolate thing. Not no chocolate flavoring, because I would die. No chocolate candy. Like all of the candy in my work office. Reese's. Kisses. All the M&M's in my house. The candy corner at my house. All of that stuff. Yeah. A month and a week and a day. I've not had it. That's... That's solid. It's like that. I can't express how big of a deal that is. And I went through and I'm like, I normally get my Java chip, but that's chocolate covered beans. So I'm not going to get it because I'm chocolate candy free, not chocolate flavoring. Baby steps. And I got it and I took a drink and it was chocolate Java chip. And I was so pissed because I haven't had any. And then by default, I had it. It was very Red Robin real burger situation. (laughs) So I went through and I was like, I'm sorry, gave me the wrong one. I was hoping they would just be like, okay, here. And I would have brought you one. But they didn't. They took it and just put it in the trash, apparently, and wasted it. That is the dumbest move. They should always offer. Yeah, she was like, I'll trade that for you. I'm like, bitch, you ain't trading it. Let me have it. Anyway, the garbage people. Because um, like, what is it to her? It's nothing. Right. It's not like they set them aside and make a rack and like go, yeah, look no, at all they... the mistakes you made. Yeah, exactly. Pregnant. They were all pregnant. And then they were talking about having, because one of the girls had hiccups and was hiccuping. The girl goes, and this other woman waiting, like the head's probably halfway out. And she's just like, just <laughs> wait till take, the heart burns. she take it to go see the revenant? Probably. I still have not heard back from them. That reminds me that's on my list. I have to call again the second time I have to call the direct theater, get a manager's email, a real email, not a bogus one that they gave me. I'm you, fired How do you up. know they got you a bogus because email? Because it was sent back immediately. Because it was, it was uh, Netscape.com? <laughs> Hotmail with an E. At AOL. I got a response, but it was a weird one. No, it was a bogus. It, immediately, do not reply. This is not a real. Oh, I'm pissed. I'm going to get my Revenant. What, I, what does Revenant you, mean? I, you could look it up. There was a video game a long time ago, too. I do want to check I feel it like it means something, like the Revenant. Apparently, your neighbors are gassy. Well, you didn't see the movie, did you? <laughs> You're too busy I saw it through my people. traumatized eyes. Exactly. Tears flowing. Let's look up right While he's Googling that, the reason that I get an hour to yell at him is because he thought from Portland to Vancouver to Gresham, which is 
without stopping if you're driving straight one hour to go up to go down. He thought he could do that without actually stopping and doing anything, which he did have to stop and do. So when I pulled up at four and said, hey, now granted, I'm an asshole too. And I changed the date. All Yesterday I wrote him and said, oh my God, I just realized it's Wednesday. I'm going to a friend's birthday party. I am such a jerk. Can we no, reschedule? No, you actually, you get out of that totally. Why? Because I was considering calling you. Oh, so it's square. It's square. That I never. But that, still, I do that. I reschedule. I move it around. I go. Yeah. Hey, how about Thursday? How about Wednesday? How about so, whatever? Yeah. But today, four o'clock. Oh, that'd be perfect. I'll be there. I'm like, it does it work better if it's early? Like, what's best for you? Whatever. I, A four I, o'clock's great. Perfect. Four o one. I actually show up on time because I got out of work late. Boom. I'm here. Hey, are you home? Because your weird car isn't here. Your weird crazy man car. Well, how is that? Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to it. I don't understand how that's the weird car. Real quick, real quick. The Revenant Uh is, where did I read that? It's a visible ghost or animated corpse that was believed to to return from the grave to terrorize the living. Oh, that makes sense for the movie. Okay. It also makes sense for the video game. If anybody remembers that video game, it was awesome. Also makes sense for what I'll do to that woman. When, I don't know. Oh, yeah, the... uh, I'm going to haunt her. Haunt her. Terrorize her. Would you be so angry about that you'd kill yourself if you knew you could come back as a ghost (laughs) and haunt her? Like, that's some serious pissed off shit. That's a weird would you rather. Yeah. (laughs) Would you be so mad that you knew you could be a ghost to terrorize? Could I terrorize all people that I feel Uh, are doing wrong? I feel like if you're a ghost, I don't know how, I don't know the rules of ghosting. Well, you're but making them. Assume. Do I get to revenant all the people that I feel? I get to be like a superhero ghost. Trademark, by the way, that this is not already a superhero, and it should be. There's a ghost superhero. Who? Space ghost. I don't know. He's <laughs> a Casper. No, he's just a ghost. He's a child ghost. Doesn't he do heroic feats? No, he's just like a nice kid, so you're extra sad. Like, wow, he shouldn't have died. The Sketch Comedy Podcast Show is part of the Radio and Me Network and can be found at RadioAndMeNetwork.com or on their own home site over at SketchComedyPodcastShow.com. Now, this next clip was ripped from the tweet sack. Sorry, Tweety, but I'm dipping in a little early for this one. From Sarah Meyer, who writes, quote, I really enjoy your podcast reviews and hope it's not taking a liberty, but I'd love it if you could take a listen to a comedy podcast I co-produce, Obsessed with Joseph Scrimshaw, unquote. It's over on the Feral Audio Network. The title's a little deceptive because it isn't a show about an obsession with Joseph Scrimshaw. He's the host. He talks to guests about their obsessions. In this case, the obsession is podcast, and the guest is Dustin Marshall, the founder and maniac behind the Feral Audio Network, host of such shows as Harmontown, the Duncan Trussell Family Hour, and, oh yeah, obsessed with Joseph Scrimshaw. Hey, wait a minute. Also, this is Joseph's 100th episode of Obsessed, so congratulations! Yeah, yeah. So at one point, though, when I I started at Earwolf, Odenkirk came in, and I was editing. This is like my first six months to go back. It was, I got here in July, early July. This was December. And he walked by, and he was like, fuck, man, what is that? That's magic. He goes, I'm working on the cartoon. I want to hire you for it. So then he hired me with him and Tommy Giannis, and so I got to work on, which would become Trip Tank which is one of the shorts, if you watch it with Bob and Scott and Zach. I did that. I edited that. And uh, 
just like he was always so cool and supportive and became a mentor and he, he was having me over at his house and you know what he was so kind he's like the greatest dad ever and he's so great to his kids and he's got all these books and dvds he's like help me pick out a movie for my kids and it's like <laughs> he's bookending it with his like emmy or something yeah just the most <laughs> humble modest guy and yeah. um so the next day because during that time we were doing what the lost Mr. Show podcast called Mr. Blow. Because Bob was like, what's a podcast? And I was like, yeah. man, you got to get into this. So him and David had a podcast called Mr. Blow. They had the original artist do the cover art. They had four four people from Mr. Show, and the only rule is you can't talk about Mr. Show. Wow. But went out the window immediately. And so th- they were doing sketches for it, and so they did this lost sketch, Rooms, Rooms and Musical, um, which is a coveted lost sketch, which is all these rooms in this house are doing a musical. And they actually ended up doing it Baba David, but one of the things is I built this radio play of it. Yeah. And so I just got, I loved doing sound design because I did Trip Tank and I did that and I was loved doing the sound effects. And it was like editing was a Zen thing where it's like, because I don't sleep, I've had insomnia my whole life. And I was just one thing where I could stay up all night and I just love sound design i love i love editing and adding the stuff in i didn't know i loved it just started doing it so i started working in animation right away on accident so the next day uh i left earwolf on april 16th 2012 and uh the next day i called bob and i was like hey man sorry i'm not gonna um work on the podcast anymore i'm not working there anymore and he's like all right uh do you need a job and I was <laughs> like, yeah. And he goes, all right, I'll, f- I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll get you a job. And that was just like rocket fuel. Yeah. And it was just like Bob's blessing. He goes, you're really talented. You'll be fine. It was just like rocket fuel. But I had this idea in the last two weeks about starting a collective, like a community radio station. And I also volunteered a lot of art collectives in Madison, where, okay. like curating art galleries and, and stuff. And um, so I just had this idea of just, you know, doing it, everybody pitching in and doing it. Duncan hooked me up with his amazing webmaster, Stee, who's been doing it for five years, who I've never met in person. He's oh, like really? the most professional webmaster. He's just, he, we, we joke around that he's like an AI or something. Yeah. I've Do never, you know what he looks like? Because nope. I don't think his social media has his face. No idea what he looks like. Oh, that's pretty Don't awesome. know what his voice sounds like. We've been working together for five years, complete professional turn stuff around immediately does a lot of the cover art and artwork just like you know so yeah and, he helped uh, help me get everything set up for Obsessed yeah. on Feral and was super yeah. awesome and yeah he's the he's legit I, I didn't know he was a faceless mystery that's yeah, pretty awesome I think he's an AI <laughs> um, and so I opened up this composition notebook and I just started writing down what it would be and sh- people I could reach out to and everybody said yes and it was going to be it was a radical split where the emphasis was going to be on the artist and the idea is like they get 80% of everything donations amazon money ad sales whatever and then feral would take 20% and the idea is that we'd have a many shows kicking back 20% right um and i really believe in the do- donation model at the time which ultimately failed which isn't does not it's not um consistent enough yeah and so I had no money, and but during that time I'd been working on this album with Howard Kramer. We uh, uh, have a summer, and uh, he became a quick friend of mine, and we've been working on this thing for like six months. And uh, we made this album, and then we released it, and he made enough money from it where he was just like, "Here, I'll pay your rent." It made enough money. You just you just keep this. You did so much work on it. So it was the first time I paid my rent with something creative. Oh, wow. Really? You know, that yeah. I had done completely independently. Again, happy Epi 100 to Obsessed with Joseph Scrimshaw. 
I'm also reviewing that uh, podcast in that particular episode this week for Splitsider.com and also the Huffington Post entertainment section, so you can read more about it up there. Find the complete show and the 99 others that went before it over at feralaudio.com, as well as all those other places you can find podcasts. Tyson clipped us off a hunk of the Russell and Mudtooth show from the Radio Random Network. It features Russell Devlin McLean, or hashtag RDM, as he's socially media-traducing himself these days, and Mudtooth, who's just Mudtooth. To me, Mudtooth is way more interesting a name than hashtag anything, but maybe that's just me. This show drops every Friday, and hashtag RDM, who is a musician, tears up the country music scene, music in general, as well as sports, current events, etc., etc., with his pal, Mudtooth. In this sample of the show, Mudtooth goes off on a tear about the most recent Oscars, and it sounds just like this. Yes, indeed. Well, let's start off right off the bat, Mudtooth, just like we was just talking. We just had a 10-minute conversation about the Oscars. Yeah. All right, the Oscars. Now... In case you're just joining in, or you are just, <laughs> you are in, just joining in, <laughs> we were talking about the controversy that surrounded the Oscars with the, with the race deal, right. and uh, Mudtooth being the world's smartest redneck, please I, I elaborate. Was, well, I was saying, you know, that this is all from what I understand, and, and, you know, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that I'm right. Uh, Will Smith's wife, Miss Jada Pinkett Smith. Have no said idea who she is. She said, "Please, she's a pretty good looking old gal." Uh, Will did all right. <laughs> um, he uh, anyway. She said they wasn't uh, they wasn't enough uh, black actors and actresses uh, nominated for Academy Awards this year, and so she was going to boycott, and a lot of other people boycotted. And Chris Rock got up there and told me how basically how shitty I was for being a white man and. <laughs> um, you know, and something I can't do nothing about. No more than right, he can do right, anything right. about being black. Right. Um, you know, and, and like I say, and which is fine, you know, I mean, look, I, I can laugh, you know, I, I can laugh at that. I can laugh at myself. I can laugh at white folks. It ain't no big deal. Um, to me. Um, but it, like I say, it was that kind of like it started out pretty good and then it kept going. And it got awkward, and they wasn't nobody gonna say nothing to him about it, you know. Uh, but he, he, you know, he kept it going, uh, kept on digging and kept on digging. But you know, like I said, I didn't see no whole bunch of Chinese and Mexicans or American Indians and nobody else. I don't know about um, well, I, I didn't see no bunch of them nominated, and I don't see them, you know, pitching a fit. Um, like I say, the only the only movie I can think of that was a predominantly black cast was straight out of Compton. And I, I hadn't seen it yet. You had seen it, you yeah, said it was pretty movie. good. I used to listen to NWA back when I was, you know, coming up when they first came out. But um you know, 'cause, you know, we we was us us white kids was pretty big on gangster rapper in Kentwood. <laughs> um <laughs> And what it was is because they was cussing, right? Because you ain't never right. heard. You ain't never heard. You ain't never like heard that. nobody. You ain't never heard nobody drop f bombs in a song, right? You know, just like, whoa, what he say? What he say? And we'd have like, we'd have like a copy of a copy of a copy of a tape, mm-hmm. you know. And the sound quality was terrible. And uh, but because we all had our boom boxes, right? Back then, everybody had a boom box. 
And uh, we look like Radio Raheem, you know, toting a big. And if you don't know who Radio Raheem is, you need to, you know, brush up. Yeah, Google him. So, uh, but anyway, so we would listen to it. We had to listen to it real low, unless we was in the car going down the street. And we'd turn it up, unless there was people around, and we'd turn it back now. Because uh, you didn't want anybody telling your mama. And I saw that boy, and he was listening to that trash. Mm-hmm. Left my wallet nails a gun dope. <laughs> Hippity hop music. Yeah. But uh anyway, uh I think it was much ado about nothing. Um you know, it it, it like I say the the Academy Awards are are awards that are voted on by people in the industry. So if you're not in the industry, why do you really care? Right. Um it, it's not a big deal if you like you know, movies are subjective. You know, I like I, I like the Avengers. Right. right. Some people don't. Um, I like westerns. Some people don't. Right. Right. I like Sling Blade. Some people don't. I think right? everybody likes Sling Blade. I know my I wife don't like it. Well, I think That's you run it that far. Well, yeah, because when I watch it, I get to talking like it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Anyway, you know, I mean, everybody likes something different. And, and, you know, some people like romantic comedies. Most of those people are women. Um, you know, everybody likes something different. So just cause, just cause it didn't win an Academy Award doesn't mean you can't like the movie. Right. Um, yeah, he like, they went to selling Girl Scout cookies up in there. So I don't right, know what right, that's right. about. Like, say, I quit paying attention by that point. Um, we just had it on because my little niece wanted to see if, if Leonardo DiCaprio won the Academy Award, and he did. So, good boy, Leo. Yeah, good job. I like their laid-back style. A lot of podcasts tend to sound a little frantic, but uh, there's something about Mudtooth Drawl I could listen to all day long. Find them up at RadioRandomNetwork.com and other points on the web. In case you haven't figured it out on your own, podcasters are not the only ones who can upload their clips to the show. If you're a listener to a comedy podcast that you enjoy, you are cordially welcome to upload a clip, too, if you can figure out how to make a clip. That's exactly what Stuart Ramsden did recently when he uploaded us a chunk of Cave Crew Radio, which is great, because who knows how long it would have taken us to discover the hosts, DK and Big B, on our own. And the show has been going for a tad over a year. So way to take the inish, Stuart in this clip, the talk is about Valentine's and giving stuff up for Lent. Damn, I missed Lent again this year. I was going to give up podcasts. I fucking hate Valentine's Day. I, I fucking hate it. It's, I mean, it's a made-up holiday. Yeah, I don't get a day off. Okay, it, It's not like it's a holiday. No. So there's nothing to be happy about there. It's the Hallmark holiday. That's all it is. It is. I mean, you're spending $15 on a, on a, on a card. I'm feeding my my wife uh, very bad food that's going to make her fat. Right? Right. <laughs> you know, like, I'd rather give her a, a gym membership or something. Anyway, I, I just, I, I needed confirmation that you feel the same way because Absolutely. it drives me crazy. I'm alone on Valentine's Day. Fucking paradise for me. Stick me on a couch with a with a, a football game or a hockey game or, or 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 you know a good movie whatever, couple beers. Yep. 
Leave me alone on Valentine's Day. Exactly. Leave me alone. That's my perfect Valentine's Day. I think that's our new hashtag. Leave me alone on Valentine's Day. That That's the perfect gift you can give someone you've been with for a long time. Exactly. Like, just fuck off. Yeah. And not meaning it in a rude way. I agree. Just fuck off. Okay. All right, so you also know, um, since my uh, our last show, because I know you used to listen to it, mm-hmm. Lent used to be a, a very good, a very big deal. Yes. Right. Now, do you guys do the Fat Tuesday thing, like the poochkeys? I don't even know what that is. Okay, so a poonski is a, is a Polish donut. And the only reason I know this, folks, because actually when my wife and I met, we used to work for a major uh, franchise here in Canada um, that made donuts. And, and we made these poonskis. And I'm telling you, they are made with so much fat and so much sugar. It, it, it's a heart attack uh, waiting to happen. Okay. So what you're supposed to do, according to the Christian religion, because we got to be fair, we pick on those fucking Islams all the time, is Fat Tuesday is the day before Lent, and Lent is the 40 days before Easter, So, which is the day that uh, the Christ shall rise, right? Right. After his uh, crucifixion. Um, so for those 40 days during Lent, you're supposed to give something up. And as you know, during the, the, the other show, we, we gave up our names. Oh, yeah, that's right. I named you... Uh... I can't remember. Uh... Yeah, I don't remember. But oh, the, the, name, yeah. the show changed from Double Talk Radio to Testicular Difficulties. That's right. I called you Double G. It was Gary... Right. Uh... Yeah, Gary Girth. That's it. Gary Girth. That's yeah, right. and every, every one of the characters on the show um, had a different name. And we carried that on. All throughout Lent. That's right. And um, and it was fun. Mm-hmm. But in all reality, like uh, Violet, my, my old co-host, we still talk. Yeah. Um, she's like, what are you all giving up for Lent? And DK, it can't be vegetables. <laughs> it, it, it's ridiculous. Like, I can't. I'm not giving up smoking. I ain't giving up hockey. I ain't giving up beer. I, you know, like I know it's supposed to challenge you. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why I always make fun. Like you don't do anything for Lent. Do you? you don't put like any dirt on your forehead or. I'm not religious at all. You know what I'm going to give up for Lent? Giving things up. Yeah, that's- like I'm just sick of giving up. We, you know, we we should be motivational, uh, fucking speakers. Oh, boy. Stop giving <laughs> up, people. What do you want to give shit up for? Add shit in there. If you're doing meth, do bath salts. <laughs> the the DK and Big B motivational speaking Right. Tool. If you kill people with a knife, kill them with a gun. If you're used to fucking goats, fuck a moose. <laughs> <laughs> The anti-Lent. That's what we're doing. <laughs> if you're used to fucking goats, fuck a moose. Fuck Valentine's and, and anti-Lent. I agree, anti-Lent. Yeah. I mean, I mean, stop giving things up. Life is too short. 
You know, and, and if you have a partner who's pressuring you into Valentine's and then pressuring you to give something up the very next day, you're in a trap. Look at me. I sound like Dr. fucking Oz right now. <laughs> Dr. DK. Yeah. But I, I don't know. You know me. I get passionate about things. All right, listen. We're, we're, we're about that time, but we're going to extend it a little bit because we gotta we got to lead into this. We have uh, our, our very, very good friend and uh, guest on the show, and he may be joining us in a little while. I don't know. Uh, Choo Choo Stew. I posted a story about the five most haunted toilets in the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And he came back to me and he said, number three uh, is within minutes of my house. He said, I said, well, you've got to visit it. You, you have to send a report in. That's a taste of Cave Crew Radio with their own home site at cavecrewradio.com. Find them on Double K Radio and Stitcher as well. Thanks again to Stuart Ramsden for shooting the clip to us by using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash u slash suckatash. And uh, Big DK and Big B, if you want to shout a thank you to Stuart for helping us find find you guys, go for it. Our friend Davian Dent, host of the soon-to-be-defunct The Bitter Sound podcast and co-host of the not-soon-to-be-defunct The Strange Times podcast, has also uploaded directly to us a promo of a show he enjoys, Local Ass Bitches, a comedy podcast that I have not heard of before. Davian must really like the show because he knows I'm not a fan of playing promos. He uploaded it directly to us through the Hightail link and says, Four best friends from Chicago talk politics, sex, dating, and everything in between. Born, raised, and living on the northwest side, Lisa, Manny, Nora, and Rosa are the epitome of local-ass bitches, a term coined by one of their comedic favorites, Kevin Hart, which now has its own definition in the Urban Dictionary. They also win the Davian Dent Award for being the sexiest mofos in podcasting, unquote. All right, Double D, let's uh, let's give these guys a listen. Here's local-ass bitches. Who are these local-ass bitches? I'm Lisa. I'm Manny. I'm Rosa. I'm Nora. Welcome, Welcome to, to the lab. lab. Visit us at labpodcast.com. And listen to the bitches discuss online dating. And then, like in the gay one, they'd be like, verse BB bottom into oral body contact. Ah. Like, there's always like. Yeah. Posts. See, in those things, I think, like, you have to always, like, offer up something about yourself. Like, hi, my name is Bruce. I work in sales. You know, make yourself humanize yourself. <laughs> humanize yourself first. You're like, and then it's I like, like to. I like you know, movies, long walks on the beach, and golden. Showers. I hang out. At, well, yeah, like I hang out in Wicker Park. I like a taco every once in a while, <laughs> and I like you know, like ass play. You know, so you're like, okay, so now all that other stuff is in your mind first, not that creepy oh, like. You makes it way less creepy. Last week, be like, hey, I like to do this. My name is, like, Stan. I like to, you know, I work in architecture. And sometimes I like farts. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like some, like, 
I don't know. Like anything could be creepy online if you like don't say like if you don't because make you don't have like a reference point. Yeah, yeah. Like to me, like whatever you like sexually is all is great. I don't find it weird. But yeah, but because if you're like, like their if you're like a person first, if you're a creepo, hmm. okay. You know because I mean? you don't know if they're really creepy is what you're saying because they're only leading with the sex. Yeah, yeah. They're only leading with that. So if you're like, I right. fucking so love chocolate chip cookies and farts. <laughs> <laughs> Family stories. So we go to see the show. My mom's sitting in the aisle. I'm sitting like, oh no, then it's my dad, then me. Uh So the show starts and the the spotlight turns on. One of the actors is standing next to my mother. Of course. He drops his trowel and starts whacking off and his balls are like flapping up and down (laughs) near my poor mother. This is like, you can't make this shit up. Oh my God. Holy shit. So we turned, we turned white. Like mm-hmm. all three of us, our mouths dropped to the floor. We turned white, and at that point, I realized it was a gay rendition of all the fairy tales. So it was Romeo and Juliet, oh Handsome my. and Gretel. Oh my! And at one, oh, oh my god, god, it was so embarrassing. So I got so embarrassed that I pretended to fall asleep. Yeah. So I kept one eye open, Metallica style. <laughs> and I watched, and I, you know, I still watched it. Yes, but, of course. Oh my, it was so embarrassing. It oh. And the thing is also, it's, it's not the whole arousal. It's just that it was so highly sexualized. And I wasn't really like, out to them that much. Like, I had just yeah, come out to them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's highly sexualized know, play. Maybe they thought that that they was thought, your way of yeah. telling them. And it wasn't at all. So You're afterwards, all these balls in your face. <laughs> And new product ideas. Yeah, like who invented the jazzle? Yeah, <laughs> that's snap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that like, for real? I would laugh. It is real. Yeah, people still like glitter up their pusses. <laughs> Do they have a guy yeah. version like Panazzle? <laughs> I wonder. Like, that would be interesting. But what if it comes out? <laughs> exactly. Like with the woman, you could put it on top where it won't. I mean, uh, some of it probably couldn't. On the Panazzle, you could put it on the top. With a lot of thrusting. Where on the top? On the very top. Like where the pubes go. But that's going to grind up against you. So with the vajazzle. No, because it'll be above it. I was up above it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great porn to have, like a bedazzle and a pedazzle, and then have that song. It's like, I was up above it. I'm down in it. <laughs> Wait, because of the the grinding and all the yes. vagans would I think it would also happen, but for me, I think the P, the penis would be more. The P and the V? <gasps> what if you vajazzle the balls and that stuff would be slammed Oh, and then you would have a glittery butt. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, what is this? What? Would, what is it this would it be Scradazzle? Would it be Scradazzle? Scradazzle. What is this turning into? Oh, I love it. I'm scared. Scradazzle. It's like, and now for the makers of. Scradazzle. <laughs> Listen to The Lab on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, or at labpodcast.com. Thanks again to Davey and Dent for passing along that taste of local-ass bitches, or L-A-B, as it reads on their Twitter feed. Uh, you can find them at their their own home site. They're also up on all the usual podcast places like iTunes, so search them out and give them a listen. All right, time for some sweet tweet sackery. Yes, the tweet sack. That was your cue, Tweety. All right. All right, enough. 
starting out with not one, but two calls into the Succotash hotline. Here's call number one. Hey, guys. Excuse me. I wanted to call, and since I'm always seeing on Twitter, at your Twitter page, at Succotash Show, a request for our favorite comedy podcast. For me, my favorite comedy podcast is Succotash. To me, there's no greater place for a good laugh for the content you provide, as well as having a place where I can learn about others that I may enjoy. As far as I'm concerned, keep asking the Succotash, and I'll keep on listening. Oh, go on with you. You're liable to turn my fool head, you silly man. There's one from the Reverend John M. Price. Appreciate it, Rev. Also appreciate you retweeting our stuff all the time and taking good care of us via social media. All right. Succotash hotline call number two is unattributed. I don't know who this is, but it goes a little something like this. Hello, Mark. That was a tremendous uh, introduction message there. Um, If I was on the first take, you know, that's that's big time. Um, Anyway, so I'm a fan, and Twitter advertising works because... I'm dialing a hotline at 1.17 a.m. Um, I listened to, over the last two days, seven episodes of Truth and Eliza with um, Eliza Schlesinger, the stand comedian. Um, I started with uh, John Cryer, um, who was on Two and a Half Men and has Emmy Awards and a bunch of other um, comedians and stuff. Um, it was really good. Um, I got passed by a friend, and uh, now I'm starting to go to her back catalog. She's got a pretty... Um, cool roster of stuff. Um, so that's my recommendation. I like female comedians who don't just do jokes about, you know, having sex. All right. Anyways, um, thanks, Mark. Appreciate it, caller. I just wish I could thank you properly, mask man. If you'd like to give us a jingle on the Succotash hotline, the number is one eight one eight nine two one seven two one two. Leave a message, and I'll play it uh, at the next tweet sack portion of our show. Feel free to ask questions, talk about your favorite podcasts, or badmouth me. It really doesn't matter. I just like the attention, and I like it when someone calls, and we'll play your call right here on the show. We also got a brand spanking new five-star review up on iTunes this week, thanks to Nick Roston, or Roston, from Canada, who wrote, quote, I listen to Succotash every week. Great insight into comedy today. Love the support for all the new podcasts out there. All explanation points. Very exciting. Uh, Unquote, by the way. I'm done quoting. Thanks, Nick. Don't forget, dear listener, you too can jump up to iTunes podcast section and slap down a sweet five-star rating and a short review. Every little bit helps us climb those charts. All right. Before we get out of your ears, I have to parse that very carefully. That's ears, not rears. Let's get to the rundown of folks who've been so sweet as to mention Succotash in their social media meanderings in the past week or so by either tweeting, retweeting, liking, DMing, uh, hashtag FFing, or whatever. Brian Flaherty, Gormless Mook, Dave in the Cave, the Chilpack Hollywood Hour, Illusionoid, LA Podfest, The She-Pod, Karin Caro, Slap TV, Rufus and Howard, Mars Oddity, Jeffrey Joseph, The Language of Bromance, Wicked Theory, Punch Drunk NYC, Epic Film Guys, Sky All Violet, hey Jen, I thought you were going to email me about something, but I haven't seen it yet, Bitch Podcast, Knock Too Bag Comedy, Constant Struggle Pod, DAPF Pod Neil, Peter Prinz, Maggie Taylor, Ice in the Face, 
Anner 3121, God Shaped Mommy Hole, Long Box Small Talk, Bum Wine, Harry Humor NY. Thanks for clicking the Amazon banner, Harry. And uh, I guess that's your wife who did it too? Love it. Podcast of Two Worlds, Show Me Your Bits, Hollywood Rock and Wrap Up, Vibe Comedy, PAC Money, Edmund Lathrop, Coffee Black, Andre Almighty, Crobama. Crobama? Haven't heard from you in ages, man. Hope it's all good. NB Music Promo, Social Sage PR, Changes in Latitude, Choo Choo Stew, Ear Goggles. Oh, man. I have to remember to do a special tribute to those guys. The Ear Goggles podcast is going bye-bye after 10 years in podcast land. As I said on Twitter when I found out, who am I supposed to hang out with at the L.A. Podfest? They're my fest buddies. Oh, give Ear Goggles a last listen, won't you? Sam Hurley, Rufus and Howard, Martin Hershey. Did I say Rufus and Howard already? I did. You got two mentions, you guys. The Hobcast, Rapachicks, Nilla Haddad, Bree Watson, Isaac F. Loftus, Orlando Chirinos, Active Photographer, Gary Jenkins, Joanna Nuckley, Mia Pinchoff, Carlton Bush, Robot Teammate, Amy Malkoff, The Slant, Pottern Family, Dennis McCalmont, Andy Telesai, Antonia Crane, Between Two Earbuds, Desiree Peebles, Peoples, Desiree Peoples, Antoine Bellou, Broken Filter Live Show, Jay Austin Graham, and Yuri Kagan. To cap off the show, I can't think of a better way than to invite our friend Abner Surd in to serenade young and old alike with his rendition of an original song entitled Joe Man, the Self-Rolling Snowman. All right, take it away, Abner. He was born on the 88th day of the season when all the spring blossoms were beginning to show. One day it was thawing and the next it was freezing and down from the sky came a blanket of snow. And Joe could roll. There's no man who's cooler than Joe Man. And Joe's got soul. He's Joe Man, the self-rolling snowman. You know, Joe was a cool-weather kind of a snowman who chilled just as long as it was cold outside. But when the sun rose, he said, I've got to go, man, and rolled out of town on an icicle ride. And Joe would roll. There's no man who's cooler than Joe Man. And Joe's got soul. He's Joe Man, the self-rolling snowman. Now all signs are pointing to the end of the season. The trees are awaking from their winter nap. But somewhere the temperature is still pushing freezing, and Joe's looking flashy in his polar cap. And Joe can roll. There's no man who's cooler than Joe Man. And Joe's got soul. He's Joe Man, the self-rolling snowman. He's Joe Man, the self-rolling snowman. He's Joe Man, the self-rolling snowman.
destined to become a springtime classic. Find more of Abner Surd's absurd musical musics on his podcast, Tall Tales and Shaggy Dogs, over on iTunes. That's it, friend. The Succotash Tank is empty for another week or so. You can help us to keep the show going by clicking on the Donate button at our SuccotashShow.com website, or else go there and click on the Amazon banner at the top of the page, or visit the Succotashery, also accessible through the website, where you can get some garments or other goo festooned with the snappy Succotash logo. Actually, several different logos we've had over the years. Even if you can't afford to give us any of your hard-earned money, the least you could do is tell your friends about our show. And exchange, I will give you a hearty thanks for passing the Succotash. Goodbye. You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, and on SoundCloud. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Succotash Show. Email us at marc at succotashshow.com. Or call into the Succotash hotline at our non-toll-free call number, 818-921-7212. That number again is 818-921-7212. Succotash is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash. Goodbye.